Okay, sometimes you just connect with people. Sometimes you just feel like, I don't know, family right out the gate. I feel like today's guest, Trevor Houston, is like a little brother. I want to like link arms and skip through the forest with him because I see such greatness in him. I see such greatness, but I also see one of my favorite things. I see such joy. And I think ultimately as an entrepreneur, we need that. We need that in order to stay aligned. We need that in order to keep our sanity. We need that in order to propel our why, our deepest why. And Trevor has a really phenomenal why. He has a really massive vision. And I know God is just going to come in and just expand it in such a way he couldn't possibly imagine. But right now, he's doing the hard thing. He's saying yes amidst a full-time job, amidst a ministry and mission work and service work that is hard against COVID's rules and regulations, against all odds, right? We say yes. We say yes to the bigger version of ourselves, to the bigger version that God has planned for us. And that's what Trevor is doing. So Trevor Houston, I'm so excited for you guys to connect with him. Tune in, hear his bio and get with the program on his live show. I cannot wait to be on it later this year. You guys tune in. This is your God wink. The moment that heaven says for such a time as this. It's time to own your joy, prioritize your health, discover your wealth, and exude your wholeness. It's time to become truly fit. However, this isn't a fitness podcast, though I'm a retired personal trainer and nutritionist. This isn't business jargon or tips and tricks to landing your successful passion project, though that's totally why I'm a business coach. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy, though I'm all for therapy and I love whole foods. I do have a YOLO side sweet tooth though. This isn't confusing religious banter, though I'm an ordained minister still figuring out the many things and facets and faces of Jesus. It's really none of that. So I'm wondering if you're wondering, what is this? Well, this is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shakers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories and discoveries with each of you fellow passionate seekers. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment, and to be totally transparent, my own entrepreneurial crash and burn experiences. I've learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's not about our qualifying abilities or titles. It's not about our potential. It's truly about our God-gifted passions meeting our purpose. You are one step away from achieving your idea, your dream, your calling, your purpose, whatever you want to call it. And I want to be there for the moment that you say yes in freedom, clarity, and confidence that you are living fully fit in who and whose you were made to be. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast with me, Tamara Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, hey. I'm so excited to be with you. I feel like there's so many things that I could say uh, on how to start that we would both get, but nobody who listens to my show would understand because not all of them are on Clubhouse. So this is not a Clubhouse show, but this is a Clubhouse reunion because that's how Trevor and I got connected. And this show has been a long time in the making. Uh, we've had a cancel on one occasion or another. And we know now just from the conversation that we had offline before that there is greatness to come 
home, not just in our relationship, but in the listenership of every single one of you, um, because God is before us in this moment and in the moments to come as we serve. Um, And Trevor has been serving. He's been doing this thing and his passion and his heart for a long time. And um, I'm excited to see how it comes to fruition. But I want you guys to know that he is a man of God and he is uh, serving. He's already serving. And you guys can listen and tune in to his show, the Who You Know Job Networking Show. Um, But there's so much more than a person than just that one thing. He's strategizing and networking, community building and empowering people, um, not just job seekers, but entrepreneurs and business owners like myself. And he's got a radio show that you're not going to believe. And I'll let him talk since it's his <laughs> podcast now. Welcome. Welcome to the show, Trevor. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. So it's all about it's all about who you know, right? It's all about who you know. I love it. Who you know? And yeah, it's all about who you know. We got started doing this show. Um, let's see. It was January 2018. So um, we're on episode two. 65 i think something like that anyways yeah it's been it's been a journey right it's been a journey and uh it all got started when i walked into a local church walked into a local church and they have a career transition group uh called frisco connect and i started serving over there Um, but in the beginning i walked in there and i was kind of shocked at what was going on and it was like these people were fish out of water you know, a lot of people get let go uh, from big companies and they haven't had to look for a job in many, many, many years. And so they end up, you know, fish out of water. They're they're going to these different networking groups and everybody's telling them you need to network to get a job. And they're like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> what, what do you mean network? You know? Yeah. Yeah. They might have been like in I.T., or something stuck behind a computer or whatever. And now all of a sudden they got a network. They don't know what that means. And um, anyway, so we walked in this church and I saw people were really hurting. They were really uh, upside down. And luckily uh, that church was there to, to help bring these people together and build community and serve. And, uh, but I also noticed that in the room that we were in, um, these people had been doing it for a long time. They'd been, uh, this group has been around for, for quite some time. And some of the members were a little bit older. Um, and nothing wrong with that at all, but their energy, the energy in the room was just very, very low, right? Very low. And so I came and brought a whole new fresh perspective and a yeah, new yeah, fresh yeah. energy. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, we got like to me, the missing element. It's not the resume tips and the LinkedIn tips mm-hmm. all day long. We got that. <laughs> yeah. It's the motivation. It's mm-hmm. the inspiration. These people are down here and we got to bring them up here. You know, they're hurting. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think it sounds like and I'm envisioning like walking into that room as well and even witnessing it with people in my own life, um, maybe veterans who are out of the military and their their whole life has been turned upside down. And their purpose is the mm-hmm. word that I keep thinking of. Their purpose is gone. Their identity is stripped because that's what they were proud of. That's what they got to go to a non-networking social event and say preceded their name. I am this. Right. And so many people mm-hmm. ask that. What do you do? 
it's not about what you do. Mm. It's about who you are. It's about what you're passionate about. But we were never taught that. We were taught you go to school to get a degree and then you go to work for that degree and then you stay there until you get tenure and then you retire. And when you retire, you die after, I think. That's how that usually works. <laughs> yeah. And that's terrible. That's it just truly not life. And so a purpose is what I hear. So tell me about okay. like, how you then activated beyond just the inspiration and the motivation and your natural born energy. Like what, what became of that? Well, think about what you just said a minute ago about the, I am, I am this, I am Mm -hmm. that, the identity. Right. And it's so funny. We talk about this. I've been thinking about it a lot lately, actually, like, especially in the climate of where, you know, the United States and the world is in today, this identity politics and everybody's looking for their identity. I think people are really, really lost. I think a lot of people are lost. Job seekers and just people in general, they're lost. They're trying to find their identity. And when I think about identity, I go back and I'm like, the alpha and the omega, right? I am the I am. Everybody's looking for their I am this, I am that. No, 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 no. You find your identity in Christ, Yes. The, the the beginning and the end, right? Because we're trying to figure out who we are. No, 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 no. You're, you're asking the wrong questions. <laughs> who is he? Oh, right? so good. We're just asking the wrong questions. We're trying to figure out our own and, and we're trying to be, I think mankind is like, we're trying to be our own idol, our own gods. We're trying to figure out who we are so, so bad that we're missing the big picture, right? <laughs> we're missing the big picture. So you guys, that's a punch in the gut for someone. Even me thinking about it. I mean, it's wild because this is like a consistent thing. And it's not just for somebody who doesn't have a job or just lost a job or is aged out of a job, right? It's for the person who is in a position that might be high paying and you're letting that position precede you into a room when he actually is what precedes you. He's the one who got you into that room, likely. Yes. The title. He's not getting the glory. You're using the name and you're using your name. And I I think of that song. um, I don't need my name in lights. I'm not a singer, but (laughs) I'm famous in my father's eyes. Oh, there you go. Yes. I know what you're talking about. Yes. It's such a good song. And it, and I had to sing that song out loud for years before I actually believed it because I was on the opposite. I was like, I'm a CEO of two positions. One's global. One's local. I have an online boutique and I do this and I do this and I am this. I, I am, am a wife and a mom. But guess yep. what? I am a daughter of the king. Isn't you that are amazing? A son of the king. That's it. That's it. That's the only title I need. It's so cool when you think about that cuz why why did he say that? When you really think about it, like why is that in the Bible? Why is that so important? It is the most important thing. Like I am the I am. It break it's every like, political oppression. It yes. break every massive conversation that's keeping people separated. Yep. The in color, in, the end. in politics, yes. in everything. And that's right now what I think our country is so lost. Everybody's looking for the identity in something, in something, whatever that is. They're looking for the identity in something. Yeah, I'm going to be career. in this people group. I'm going to yep. be in this position. You're yep. so right. You're so yep. right. Yep. And, and that's honestly, the enemy at work. The enemies at work. He's trying he to knows. distract people. Yep. Oh, yeah. He knows. And that's the up. thing. I, I said this earlier um, to some gals that I was coaching is that he's he's conniving the enemy and 
He also knows what he's doing, sure, but he's not creative. He's not doing anything different. He's not doing anything new because he doesn't know how. And he's been doing this for generations oh, and yeah. generations and generations. Since the beginning with the Apple. It Absolutely. was like. Absolutely. Did did he he's like questioning he's uh, putting doubt did did God really tell you you you'll die if you yeah. eat this you know he was planning that doubt mm-hmm. and, and that doubt uh, that doubt was the other word that came to mind outside of purpose is that they doubt that they're worthy yes they doubt that they are not earned uh, to have a position when we 100%. know that they're already qualified yeah they get all the rejection because especially the way the system is set up now where you apply online. And, you know, as soon as you hit the apply button, you get a rejection right away. And they might not have a college degree, but they've been in business and doing the thing for 25 years and their tenure doesn't get it to them because they want tenacity over tenure. Mm -hmm. But tenacity buyers out like it burns out if you're not passionate about what you're doing. That's true. I was uh, I, I came. My background was in the auto industry and. Boy, I tell you what, I was top producer six years in a row, dominating the auto industry. It was amazing. Great times, but I got burnt out. All right. It happens. Happens to the best of us. You get burnt out. And so it just wasn't my it wasn't my forever home. I had a, I learned a lot of great lessons and a lot of great things that I, I took with me. But um, yeah, that tenacity does burn out if you're not passionate about it. I, the only reason I was really passionate about doing it at the time was because I found something I was good at for the first time in my life. It was like, I was like, wow, I'm really good at this. (laughs) So I'm going to lean in, but man, I leaned in, you know, so far that it just burnt me out over time. How did that transition happen? Because that's an interesting, that's an interesting transition, especially when you're the best at it. Yeah. Well, I was really good. I was, yeah, I was really great. I was, uh, I was winning all the awards and stuff like that. And I wanted to, I wanted, I saw a future in the auto industry, right? My vision was like, Hey, I'm going to move up to sales manager, finance, finance director, GM, you know, I'm going to move up the ladder. And uh, I really saw that. I'm like, one day I'll own a, own a dealership, you know, stuff like that. Um, thank God for unanswered prayers. Come on, brother. You're so right. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, really, thank God for it. Because I look at some of those folks now, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go back to that same dealership, and I see them, and they're just like some of the same people that were there when I was there, and they just look wow. burnt. They look burnt out. Like, they're they're caged, uh, caged lions. Mm-hmm. Like, they need to be able yeah. to run free, but they're just in this cage for 13, 14, 15 hours a day. On every holiday, on yeah. every weekend, every Saturday, on every big occasion that their family is having. I, my dad was actually in car sales for quite a while and same. He was phenomenal because he's good with people and you're clearly really good with people. Um, okay. And so it's interesting that he chose to get out for different reasons. But um, I'm proud of you is what oh, I want to say. And to know that you probably did so. And I'm, I'm curious about the story risking something, risking the money, risking the money. I don't have a formal, you know, educational background or anything like that. Um, and so I, I remember, you know, thinking my fear was like, this is the best job I'll ever have as far as like income potential and this, that, and the other. I mean, I was 22 years old, making 150 K a year, 
Like that's big money for 22. Heck yeah. You know, I bought a house, my first house at 24, you know, mm. I put $45,000 cash down on it. You know, like I was making moves yeah. at a young age, you know, and like, that's not my, I didn't come from money. My background, mm-hmm. like we were poor. Like we didn't have lights or water growing up or food. It was bad. It was rough. Wow. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm afraid if I leave this thing, what, you know, what does that look like? I was always yeah. afraid, like, this is the best job I'll ever have. Um, and I had a financial advisor and he was actually the one that recruited me into financial services, what I do now. And, and um, but he told me something. He said, he said, Trevor, I understand your fear of leaving the auto industry, but here's the deal. Any dealership on any corner will be lucky to have you. And you know that. So what do you got to lose? If you leave, you got all the upside. You got none of the downside because you can always go back. And I said, dang, you're right. It immediately took the fear away. I was like, man, you are absolutely right. I can go to any dealership on any corner and be successful. What do I got to lose? And that was what I needed to leave and, and to make that leap of faith. And um, best decision I ever made. I have like people in my spirit that are um, coming to mind as you're saying this exact thing that I know are in positions where there's fear of discomfort. And this was said this weekend, and it was definitely something I am taking away from the Embrace Your Ambition conference is this knowing that the people who love you most often want you to be comfortable and safe. Mm-hmm. I'm sure your parents probably looked at you and they're like, we're so proud of you. We're so oh, yeah. excited for you. What are you doing? 100%. Why are you doing that? Don't do that. That's a horrible idea. Stay comfortable. Stay safe. Even though financial advising is also very lucrative and amazing, there's a season of time where that is not the case. And I have people that I'm thinking about who risked it all for years before the reward came. And they put a lot to the side and risked and feared uh, what if. But I love that understanding specifically for people who I know who have already quit their job, that they could go back to that other thing. You just got to you got to swallow your pride at that point. Right. That's the only thing you got to lose. If you got to go back, you're like, I am am a failure is what you say when that happens. Right. If you have to go back. If no. you have to go back, you flip it, right? You don't have to go back with your tail between your legs. You can go back and you can spin it and you can mm-hmm. say, you know what? I left and I realized I absolutely love auto sales. So I'm yeah. going, I'm coming back. I'm back. Yeah. I yeah. love it. I figured out. Right. That comeback story. I love that. And it <laughs> but, is everything we do is about uh, perception and, yeah. and perspective. And if we can change our mind towards it, it doesn't feel as scary. So the fact that that one sentence for you was the one sentence you needed to say yes, you did it. And you 100%. didn't go back. And my first year was absolutely terrifying and rough and it was, it was awful, but it was excellent. You know, I think Mm -hmm. about it and I'm like, you know what? Thank God it was awful. I needed that. I needed that season of my life. I needed to go from being at the top to hit the bottom, you know, a little bit of uh, humility. And, you know, I'm going to tell you at that point I was, you know, uh, really, really, really close to God, right? You get real close to God when things are falling apart, (laughs) you know, I mean, it's real. What was the parallel like when you were rolling in the 24K or the 24-year-old 
house and dough. Yeah, I mean, I just when I my first year in in financial services, um, you know, it was just a different, a whole different industry. You're learning, you're you're trying to figure everything out. You're trying to. I, I relate it to like going to college and starting a business at the same time. Because I was having to go through and take all my securities licenses. I didn't have all that stuff. So I'm gotcha. studying and trying to, you know, make a living. And, and, you know, the first year they want you to go talk to your friends and family. Oh, why did they do the that? Worst. That's a horrible idea. That's the worst. That's the worst idea. I tell I tell new agents now. I'm like, don't, don't do, do that. that. <laughs> That's amazing, I'm and right. I agree because I had <laughs> such a hard time. Even when I opened like a local boutique, and I was I was pregnant at the time, and it was a maternity and infant boutique, and I was doing so knowing that like all of my friends were either pregnant or about to be pregnant. That's the mm-hmm. kind of season of life that we were in, and none of them shopped there. None of mm-hmm. them would come through the doors, and I'm like, what? What's yeah. happening right now? And this is a message for somebody that your friends and family are not your target audience. They're there to love you. Yes. And, and they could be at some point. Yeah. Right. They, yeah. Like, like now my, my parents, you know, see me in a different light. Now they see me as the financial services professional. Now they see me as the CEO. Now yeah, they see me good. after I've put in some time, but like when you're first making that <laughs> jump, I'm the car salesman still yeah. in their mind. Yeah, you're right. I'm still a car salesman and I'm trying to go over there and talk to them about their 401k and their IRAs and their <laughs> retirement and stuff. No, 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 no. Awesome. Right. And like, so you got to think about that. Like I tell people, you know, let them know what you do. Right. Because visibility is really key. You know, if people don't know that that's what you do, then you never know. Right. So like let let your friends and family know what you got going on. Like, hey, I made a transition. I'm I'm moving into financial services. These are the services that we provide. If you ever need anything, this is where I'm at. Come holler at me. But you know, like no pressure. You know, yeah. don't don't try to get an appointment with them. Let them come to you. Yes. So let much them so. come, you know, and they will. Yeah. Some of them will. So it's interesting that you're saying that, and this is a little bit of a flip of the script, but it's kind of going back to what we talked about at the beginning, is that isn't that similar in your faith? Mm. Right. Like yes. you you have to go alone sometimes mm-hmm. and most times <laughs> because you need to create a connection that's only yours. You need to have that moment with Jesus that's only yours. Nobody else can go for you to do that thing. Amen and maybe that. with you, maybe they're alongside you, but still it's your one on one experience. It's you studying every hour, every night. It's you opening the word. Right. It's you crashing and burning when you make that first sales call. And it's you crashing and burning when you're going to try and live this aligned life and you slide back to what was. hundred percent. Yeah. I think that uh, God will, he'll meet you where you are. He's not going to force it. Right. He's going to let you approach him. You know, he'll always be there. He's always there. He's kind of like that quiet whisper, you know, you know, he's there. Um, but he's not just gonna be like, not like he did in the Bible, where he's like miraculous signs and all kinds of things were happening. Not anymore. It's not like that. It's gonna be like, um, you'll know it when you feel it, though. Mm-hmm. You're gonna feel the spirit hit you, mm-hmm. and you're gonna be like, oh, something's different around this room. Something's weird here. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you say that, Trevor, because I've been really leaning into this idea, or not idea, this truth of miracles 
mm. and healing. And what does that mean? And, and do I, even though I know that the spirit lives within me, can I? No, I cannot. He can. But I want so desperately to be able to serve as a vessel in that realm. Miracles, healings, like help people know by laying my hands on them that they have access to the Holy Spirit for the first time, maybe. Mm. Um, That's powerful. I, I think that does exist. Yeah. Right? I do. Yeah. I, I do think that it exists. I think that's, um, you know, is there certain people that they walk in a room mm-hmm. and and they they are ordained and they've got a presence to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they you're like, whoa. Yeah. You know what I mean? There are yeah. certain people that are that just are that they have that close of a relationship. Yeah. And it's the faith and it is the faith that they have their belief that they can do it is why they can do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I think 100%. about Right. Yeah, like, I, I mean that's about, exactly um, what he says. Your faith your, is what made you whole. Your faith is what healed you. Yes. Not me. He, Jesus didn't even take ownership. He said your faith. He did it to no. blind men. He did it to unclean women. He did it to people all through the Bible. I love that I you was, said that. Uh, at service, um, this was two weeks ago, and my pastor was talking about speaking in tongues. You know, which can be kind of a controversial subject. Why it's controversial, I don't know. But yeah. Certain people is like, it's controversial. I'm like, whatever. It's not to me. But uh, anyway, so he's talking about speaking in tongues. And he he was talking about a a study. Now, I don't know where the study came from. You know, he was just talking about the study that they did about the brain. And uh, at first they did it on people who like meditated. Right. And people that just did the, "Mm," you know, and they like meditate. Right. Um, And there's a lot of power in just. the vocals of meditating and all that. And anyways, and they did the brain scan on it and they were showing the, the portions of your brain that were activated when you were doing that. And then they did the same thing on people that were speaking in tongues and people that were speaking in tongues were activating a part of their brain that it never gets used like ever. Interesting. Like, I don't know the science or the study. Again, I'm just Ew, repeating, awesome repeating what I was told. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. Because I've always said, you know, man only uses 10% of their brain. That's what they say, right? You only yep. use 10%. Imagine if you could use 11% mm-hmm. of your brain. Just one more percent. 11. How how much pow- more powerful would you be than every other person on the planet? Mm. Like, what what is possible for you? Could you you know, heal and do things, you know, mm, did you, you know right? So, so cool. Speaking in tongues, all of a sudden you're activating another piece of your brain that never gets used. Like, and I'm like, whoa, when he said that, I was like, wow. Cause I've always, I've always said, what if you could use 11% of your brain? I've always said that. And then he was talking about that. And it kind of like puts it together for you. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. That's but in really order to powerful. do that, you, yeah, in order to speak in tongues, you got to get, you know, you got to get really, um, really in tune and connected. Yeah. yeah. And that was one of the things that it brought up as you were talking about that is that like you mentioned that like God's really in the whisper these days. Mm-hmm. And I believe he's just as loud. But how quiet are you and are you willing to listen? Because. Back then, we didn't have these. Look how horribly mm. dirty my phone case is. <laughs> it's not dirty. I think it's just wearing. But regardless, yeah. we didn't have these. That's we didn't so have true. this. 
We so didn't true. have the amazing amount of vehicles that I'm looking out of my office building driving by. We didn't have light pollution. We didn't right. have trash like we do now. There's so much that has been infiltrated into society, including all of the broken generational bondage that we were talking about earlier. And so there's a lot of noise. Lot so I of think noise. it's less about it not being the same no, and more about so he's constant and he never changes. And we changed. Mm. We're the prodigal. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> on my show, we do mic drops. That was a mic drop. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We do mic drop. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's How are you going to do a mic, mic drop on your own show? What's <laughs> up with that? How are you going to do a mic drop on your own show? That's what's up. <laughs> Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But you're, I mean, that's as you were talking, I'm like, hold up. Because if I want eagerly, that access, I got to get really quiet to even mm-hmm. be able to receive my own answer to a request. Gosh, and so it's right. so hard to be quiet. That's why meditation and manifestation are biblical terms and they're taught and they're told. And that's what prayer is. That's why Jesus himself, even in the time where there wasn't all this noise, had to go to the get garden. Quiet. He had yep. to go somewhere go. else. I got to get away from all of y'all. And people think I'm crazy because I'll go on like hiatus vacations and I'm say vacation. I'm going on a writing retreat to like hotels for one to two nights um, mm. in order to write. And they're like, well, you just check out of your life. Like, what, what's your husband doing? I'm like, he's enjoying his kids solo. Like, he's not babysitting. He's enjoying his children. <laughs> and I am doing what God's called me to do. And I'm writing. And mm. I cannot write. I cannot listen to what God would have me share with people fully in his way, in his word, without allowing myself to get quiet. And so, so how often do you get quiet now? Curious for yourself. You know, that that's so good that you're saying that. Uh, not not often enough. Um, I used to prayer journal and that was my my uh, coffee with Jesus. Right. So I would wake up first thing in the morning, grab my coffee and uh, and prayer journal. And I just don't do that enough. I, like I was talking to you about my morning routine has been shattered uh in a positive way with uh the group that i met you from with breakfast <laughs> champions but no positive and negative and you can yeah. say both and that's okay no it's an amazing like I, I get lifted in that room because i get to meet people like you and, and inspiring people that are just inspiring me to become better and yeah. this that and the other but you know it's uh it, it did kind of mess up the morning routine Right. For, for me, anyways, because I'm in there all the time, uh, you know, speaking and stuff. But it's. um, Yeah. So I, I need to get back to that routine part of it, um, it which is just quiet in the morning. First thing, because that's where I'm uh, sharpest, actually, is yeah. first thing in the morning. And I like I like a good 45 minutes to an hour with with my coffee and in my journal and and so anyway, I'm going to be praying over you afterwards, just so you know, that God comes in with a roar, not a whisper, because mm. I think you need that. I think you need to know his power in that regard. And I don't know why I'm saying that right now, but somebody needs to hear it in addition to you. So, well, I appreciate that. Yeah. All right, quick pause. I love that you're tuning into this show. Really, your shares, your subscribes and reviews, even your listens mean a ton to me personally and honestly to all of us who put these shows out weekly for your listening pleasure. 
But are you ready? I think it's time that I put you in the hot seat for a question. If you're resonating with all of these multi-passionate, God-loving success stories, then I bet you have one of your own. Maybe you're even in the midst of that comeback. Regardless, there is a deeper message inside of you. I am sure of it. It's your why factor for living life. So here's the question. Why not turn that mess into a message by starting a podcast of your very own? It's time for you to amplify. And since I've been podcasting for a couple years now and I've trained dozens of shows into launch, I've also hit top of the charts across the globe. Why would you want to learn from anybody else? I'm also pretty fun. And so is my team. And we've put together this e-course. And don't stop here. Don't fast forward. Hold up. I know you're thinking e-course, me course. Everybody's got a course. But this one is truly as good as it gets. I give you behind the scenes, step-by-steps. My team is screen sharing exactly what they do post-processing. There are video modules and a workbook. Plus, we offer direct group coaching with us. No videos. Us live in action. Let's create that human-to-human connection. So really, there's nothing like it. I would encourage you to go check out TamaraAndress.com and check out the course tab. Once you get there, there's even a free mini course option if you want to see the behind the scenes and not really take my word for it. So you should take my word for it. You're here listening to me right now. So I appreciate you. We love you. We encourage you. But girl, boy, man, woman, father, dog, whatever. (laughs) It's time for you to amplify. All right. Now let's get back to the show. I'm curious. I have I have a follow-up question to everything we've been talking about, both from the financial perspective of what you experienced when you were doing car dealing to being a financial advisor. Um, because I think that industry in and of itself, there like seems to be a perspective of sliminess. Mm, both of them. Yeah, 100%. You're right. You're so right. So tell me, as a Christian man who stewards his finances well and stewards people well, because we're all in some regards a shepherd, what does that look like? Yeah, no, I love that you brought that up. I don't... Okay, so my perception of financial services was not that, okay? Because I didn't come from money. I had nothing. Uh, I remember I started making money and I'm like, okay, mm. I got responsibility here. I got to do something with this because mm. I don't want to be, I don't just want to blow this money. I've got like, I've, I've got an opportunity here. I need to seize it. So I went out and sought out guidance and I was like, that's the financial advisor. And I was seeking him out. And I was like, that guy knows all the answers. He's he's the financial guy. I got to talk to him. <laughs> yeah. So the, my perception's different, but you're right. Like I got into it and I'm thinking that's what everyone else's perception was going to be. Like, I'm just here to help you. I just want to help steward your money. I thought everyone else's perception was that a financial services guy is like way up here. Uh-uh. I got in real fast and I was like, why do people, why are they still treating me like a used sales car guy? What? Like, uh, what? Hey, you were groomed for it. You are prepared for it. You didn't know it, but you were. Exactly. I'm like, dang, they're still treating me bad. <laughs> and, uh, like, and I'm wearing a nicer suit. And yeah, like, I'm like, I'm looking good. I'm like, yeah, no, 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 no. And then, you know, what's funny about that is like, <clears throat> I built my business completely different from the way most people I'm totally different from most financial services um, firms, completely different. Um, We serve first and we let people that want the help come get it. And we don't 
there's no pressure. There's literally, I mean, zero pressure of anything. It's like, hey, this is what we do. We we serve people in this in this way too. If you want help, you know, let us know. We're here, and people come get it. And it's so funny when you just give first, the rest happens. Um, and I don't have any any worries about the money or any of that. Like, the, where's the business going to come from? Uh, you know, how are we going to survive? How are we going to pay the bill? No, we don't worry about any of that. I let God do that. I let God take care of that part. I just serve people. That's and so, amazing. Like with the show and, and all the things that we do, mm-hmm. um, you know, we do training and all kinds of different things. It's all free to the community. And that's how we serve the job seekers. And we're coming alongside them at a point where they're they're really kind of hurting. Mm-hmm. We serve them. We rebuild them. We, we get them back to their glory, bring them, put them back together. And they remember that. They remember that. And a lot of them come back. That's amazing. Some of them some of them will work with us right there in the moment in the in the midst of chaos. They'll they'll want that help. Some of them will wait till they get landed and get back, you know, things mm-hmm. calm down a little bit. But they remember. They remember somebody was there to help them and serve them and never asked for a thing. That's amazing. And that's I've I don't think I've ever heard of that in that industry at all. Maybe I just haven't sought it out, but or it doesn't precede them. Um, but that's really a radical way of approaching it and also biblical, um, which is really amazing. Because as you said, serving first and giving first, like that's tithing, right? Yeah, that's exactly, so, it's exactly what it is. And the more, it's so funny, the more we... Um, you know, the more we elevate and get elevated, I just take take a lot of that profit and pour it back into the other side. I'm like, well, how can I, how can I just build this side? <laughs> I need to build yeah. more. I just pour into yeah. these folks. Like it's yeah. crazy. Some of the stuff we do. I mean, we were giving out, we bought a bunch of uh, like, just to give you an example, we bought a bunch of uh, camera equipment and we were, this was, you know, pre COVID, right. Giving out um, headshots in the community cool. and uh, at the church, which was awesome. And there's a lot of them need updated headshots. Yeah. And, now we're actually doing like free video editing and marketing for them. Cool. So they make a video and we market it and, and promote it and uh, get them visibility and, and um, all kinds of different stuff that we do for them. But it's awesome. It's That's so cool. So cool. It really is. And I love that, you know, everything nowadays you you're trying to, you're seeing this more often that there's like a give back program with a company or there's a service based piece to what they do, or there's a mission driven the purpose driven, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean it like blah, like it's bad. I mean, it's yeah. amazing. But sometimes I think it's an afterthought. Right. Rather than the, the thought. That is the thought. Um, yeah. This is the thought. Like we are in, in the middle right now of completely doing like our, our site and everything. And it's, it's solely dedicated. We're not just a financial services firm. Like mm. we could serve anyone. Okay. We, we could literally in financial services, you could do, you know, doctors, lawyers, high net worth, the affluent, right. Yeah. And that's what most people do. Yeah. They want the, you know, the, the millionaires and billionaires and all that. They want to work with some, some yeah. people with more, what they say, more money, more problems. Yeah. Oh, totally. I'm mean. like, no, that's not <laughs> that. That's just a, that's not who we are. Like I'm serving the everyday, you know, middle America, you know, I'm serving people and like 
you know, we're a, we're I guess we're kind of a niche firm in that way that that um, prim- our primary market I would say ninety five percent of our client base is job seekers. Mm-hmm. So it's um, it's really cool. It's yeah. really unique, and I want to I want to bring up because I'm connected to tons of pastors. I'm so grateful for that community. That's literally just like. I don't know, emerged on the rise even. Um, and and I want you to be able to speak life into this conference concept that you yeah. have um, because I know that there are people who are going to eagerly and first out of service help bring it to life. Um, so tell us about this idea that you have. It's one of the re- reasons I reached out to you originally when I heard yeah. about it, um, not only because you're an amazing game show host, but also because you have a heart. You just have such a heart for it, and it, it comes out in the way you share about it. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, so if you can imagine the the Tony Robbins-style conference, you know, 10X, whatever you want, these big, big, big conferences that are built for entrepreneurs entrepreneurs, they, they motivate, they're motivational conferences, right? They also educate these people, right? They they give them practical tools and tips and things that they can take and and apply into their business. And, but really the big part about it, I mean, shoot, a lot of these places, they're like concerts and they got, I mean, they coming through and it's like a high energy, those types of meetings. And, And I'm like, well, they don't exist for job seekers, and they need that. They need that motivation. Right. So true. I, I can imagine like I've got a vision of especially with the church because they need that worship music, too. Right. We were, we were talking about their their identity. That is the identity and purpose and all that stuff. Like they need to connect. They need to reconnect to that. Yeah. And to come in. And you know what? Maybe some of them break down. It'll probably be good for them. There's probably going to be some of that. I hope yeah. there is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like, just like we talked about that identity is skewed and it's actually a skewed identity based on American dream status, right? Based on the title that we're supposed to have, uh, based on the timeline that we're supposed to have. And so mm-hmm. here they are at whatever age. And likely it sounds like you're working with, you know, middle age, upper age people and this knowing that like, they didn't get it right. And so they do have that component of I'm not worthy. I'm not mm. deemed connected even um, because I don't have what the one thing I was taught to do since I was little. And that's have a job. But you yeah. have, still have purpose even without a job. Yeah. And the job is just a tactic. It's just a, a mechanism. And it, with or without your financial firm, you still have a purpose and your purpose is to serve. And so ultimately to meet people that will be introduced to Jesus based on the way you live life. And so the fact that you would do worship is the only way that they can get a job and exist in it joyfully. And that's like a huge passion of mine for people to exist joyfully in their life every single day, not because they have to go to work because they need the money, but because they get to go to work and money is just a secondary. Get to that's such a key word. And I love that you said that for me, my biggest thing is like watching somebody that, you know, you know, when you come across somebody who like, there's no, there's just no light in their eyes. You know what I mean? Oh, and you God. just see it and, and, and <clears throat> they're just hopeless. They, they're just full of hopelessness and to, to lift those people up and to all of a sudden see that light come back in their eyes and they start to um, they have those light bulb moments, 
of hope, right? <clears throat> a light bulb moment is just hope. Mm. You get that light bulb moment, ding. It's so good. That's just hope, mm. you know? And so they get that and they're like, oh, and you see their facial, you see just the light come back in their eyes and they got hope and they're just excited all of a sudden. I, I love it. My number one compliment that I ever, ever, ever get when somebody tells me they're like, I, I'm excited again. Mm-hmm. Like I'm excited about the job search. I flipped their mindset. So you good. know what I mean? And uh, that's, to me, there's nothing better. Like they're all going to land a job. So I get, I get, um, people tell me all the time, you know, Oh, when they land and I, and I celebrate them and I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. That's great. But they're all going to land. So I get that all the time. Yeah. For me, the, the biggest thing is when they tell me like when somebody's broken and they come to me and they're like, I'm excited again. I'm like, yes. What is so interesting in that? You did a couple of things that you have to take note of. One, it's like you were maybe not at this conference that I was just at this past weekend, but the title is called Embrace Your Ambition. And the next one's in Dallas, which is near you, right? You're in Texas. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, So really excited about that. You got to be there. Okay. For sure. To the first message, which was hope. Mm. Then you're speaking to the clap, which was my message on the last day. And there's this place in between and this place in between is that shift in posture that I was telling you about is the knowing that it's not about the ego. It's about the knowing of the one who gave you your name, who gave you your ability and who clarifies which direction you're supposed to go in. But the thing that really means a lot in the midst of that hope and that clap is connecting with a community. And when you're in this place of isolation, which is I'm sure what they feel almost above all other things, maybe even shame and guilt, but they feel completely alone. And could you imagine bringing together hundreds, if not thousands of job seekers and they're going to see other people and they're going to be like, they're just like me. Oh yeah. And that's ultimately what keeps people in the lockup in the shackles is because they think they're the only one doing this thing by themselves. And, you know, I'll tell you, pre-COVID, the, these groups, these churches that are out here, you know, in Texas, this stuff's existed for a long time. The job networking groups here in the churches are, are phenomenal, actually. Um, the, the difference that they don't have, um, it's going to sound conceited in a way, was me. Ah, come on. They didn't the have. God no, within you. You're right. No, I agree. I, I'm I gonna 100% tell you, agree. They didn't. The, the energy was yeah, so low. I would go into these churches. I love that. And it was like, wow, what is happening here? You know? And there was no one there like, you can do it. You got this. Like, come on, let's go. Like lifting these people up. There's nobody doing it. that. And so I was like, all right, I gotta, I, I gotta, that's my, that's my calling. That's my job. Right. That's what I have to do because everywhere I would walk into every single one of these churches, it was depressing. And I'm like, you're it's actually, yeah, you're bringing people together. They've got the community. They feel like they're not alone, mm-hmm. but they leave depressed. Oh, right. Yeah. They're like, like looking around and every week they come and they see the same guy who's been here and they look over and they talk and they're like, hey, I'm never going to get here? a job. Oh, how, how, how long have you been here? And the guy's like nine months. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. That's depressing. Yeah. If you're going, oh, no, I'm going to be here for nine months. You know what's so interesting, Trevor, as you were saying that, and you were like hyping up and your energy. I mean, you literally had this energy before I press live. So, you guys, he's the same person off camera as he is on camera. (laughs) 
And his live show is amazing, by the way. It's like stage and people, not stage, but it's got a stage and it's got people coming in person and they're sitting on couches and it's like a talk show. You've got to, you've got to tune in. It's amazing. Um, I was talking about how I'm going to pray that God comes in like a roar. You're coming in like a roar to every single one of their lives. And so it's already in you. His voice, his loudness is already in you. And it's pretty wild that I even had that kind of like visual just now. I was like, holy cow. (laughs) The thing I want for you, you already have. You're just not witnessing it like you think he's going to come in with like Trevor. Hold on. on. I want to be Marcus Black. Trevor. (laughs) That butter voice, right? Oh, yes. It's it's this knowing he's already within you that loud and you are letting him precede you into those places because you're that passionate and you're that called into it. And I'm speaking it right now that Virginia Beach or Hampton Roads, Virginia will have this conference run by Trevor Houston in the coming years, no doubt, because it is such a need and to amplify Every person is our calling, but specifically to know that this is your passion. One, because you probably witnessed your parents, maybe? No. Um, Tell me that. Well, I mean, my mom was uh, my mom was disabled, so she, she didn't work. My dad's a business owner, entrepreneur, owns his own business. Um, you know, I'll tell you, for me, it was like the only time that I've ever been out of work uh, was just for one month. Okay, that was the longest stint that I went without work. But work is what saved my life. Okay, I was I was running crazy as a teenager, got in a lot of trouble, breaking rules, doing stupid stuff. And uh, work is what saved my life. I, I ended up moving to my father's house. My father taught me how to save. He taught me how to 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 work hard and and to um, to build and and to be an entrepreneur and all that. And for me, work is what saved my life because if I didn't have a positive place to put my energy, I was putting it in a negative place, right? I was putting my my energy in a negative place. So I remember that one month that I was out of work. And this was probably when I was like, I don't know, 20, 20, 21, you know, something like that, 21, 22. And uh, right before I got in the auto industry, I, I was in uh, Harley Davidson. I was selling Harleys. I got fired from Harley Davidson. They made up a bunch of lies about me. They uh, made people write false statements so that I wouldn't get unemployment benefits. Oh, what? Uh huh. Yep. This was right before the holidays. Wow. And I was like crushed because m- my identity was in Harley Davidson. <laughs> You know, I'm like a 21, 22 year old kid, and I like loved Harley. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, you know, yeah, how stupid that was. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I was crushed, and I, I started drinking, and you know, and then I got the job uh, selling cars, and again, work. I went to work. And I, I I saw that whoa hold on I, I I'm I'm good at this I'm I can I can do this and like so I don't know I think that's where it comes I was I was in a dark spot even in just that one month mm-hmm. of, of being in in between mm-hmm. 
in my early 20s. You know, isn't it interesting that like people's time frames don't matter to God? Like he'll use you real quick or he'll potentially just sit with you for a really long time. And yeah. my story was a lot longer, a lot longer. My wayward ways, if you will. Mm. And so you're blessed. Um, but so am I. Uh, and our purpose in that season is exactly why we're called and qualified, even in spite of what the world might say about that season of your life. Right. And I think that's the part that can sometimes keep people shackled, even in the season of life that you're serving them in, is because they do that. They they feel depressed. They've lost their identity. And so they turn to coping mechanisms that allow them to feel something whether oh, yeah. it's sex, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, whether it's TV, mm-hmm. whether it's food. Yep. Right. And so I'm sure you've seen a lot in the time frame where people lose the job to the time frame they get the job. And oh. so your pack, your punch, your roar is intended to get a hold of them faster. Yes. I see. Oh my gosh, there are certain people I have in, in like my mind right now, and you see a transformation, complete transformation. I mean, like it's awesome to watch that happen and to see where they're at now and to see when they're when they're just excelling and shining and and it's really, really cool. Um there are a couple of people that I have in mind right now. They they're they're like uh they're like the butterfly coming out of the cocoon, right? You see the cocoon and then all of a sudden at the end of it they're just they're beautiful, you know. Amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. Trevor, if you're speaking into whether they're in a slimy market, <laughs> they don't have a, a job right now, or they're lacking purpose or identity or whatever it is, what would you what would you speak into them to get them fit in their faith, to get them in the zone to do the thing they're called to do? Yeah, I would say, you know, one of the things that you, you, you were just talking about that I need to get back in the routine of is getting to that quiet place. I mean, some of the best revelations I've ever had have been in those quiet spaces, those quiet times where you're just asking the right questions. Um, I, I told you about the prayer journal um, and I need to get back to that. That's something that uh, I'm glad we're having this conversation because it's something that I do need to get back to. It's um, it's amazing when you write it down and you write out your prayers. <clears throat> it's like love letters to, to God, right? It's like your love letters to God, your thankfulness, your gratefulness. And then at the same time, you're asking the questions, right? You're giving him your needs. That's good. And um, all of a sudden you start to write down your own answers and you're like, Mm. And you're writing them down. And then what's cool about that is like you'll go back and look six months later and you'll go, oh, wow, he answered this one, this one, this one, this one. Right. And that starts to build your confidence. Right. When we were talking about um, earlier in this episode, we were talking about um, the people that that speak with the spirit and they're they're able to to heal people and things like that. It's their confidence. It's their faith. And, it, and it's rooted in, in activities like that when they've seen God work over and over and over and they've got that evidence, right? If you write it down and you go back and you look in your journal, you're like, wow, he answered these prayers. That starts to boost your confidence so that when you start to pro- proclaim things, you're, you're like, 
you're bold about it. Yeah, yeah, you know you're I mean? so good. Yeah, it's so amazing. I'm like thinking of so many things I want to say. And it's like the knowing again that your faith preceded you, even in that boldness, even in that confidence. But the fact that it becomes your evidence, I was thinking about evidence. like people like, Scientology, who they go on this exploration to prove that God doesn't exist, right? Mm-hmm. Or that there's a different God or whatever it be. And they come into their faith because there's so much evidence that he exists. Right. And there's so much evidence in your individual life that he exists. And if we dissected every listener, every viewer, our lives, we will find evidence even in the seasons when we were wayward. Yeah. And, and, and I, I, it's about reminding yourself too. I think that's another thing too, is, is to write those things down because you forget how blessed we are. You forget all the things he's gotten you through up to this point. So for the job seekers listening right now, think about every obstacle, every challenge that you've gone through. Maybe you've gone through uh, a divorce. Maybe you've gone through uh like for me, I, I remember when I was 20, I got a motorcycle accident, almost died, right? Wow. Internal bleeding in the head and things like that. And like, you know, I mean, think about just every challenge you've had in your life. He's got you through it and he'll get you through this one too. Um, but if you don't write those things down, you almost forget. That's the crazy part. That's the, it's almost sad. Because I remember when I got off the motorcycle when I was uh, 20. I was the most grateful I'd ever been in my life. I was so grateful. Every breath, I could I could taste every breath. Everything was just so sweet. I cherished every moment. Every I was I was just living the life, right? And I remember praying to God asking him that he never take that feeling away from me. I would pray that, "Don't take this away from me. Don't take this away from me." Well, it's my own fault that it started to fade because I stopped practicing gratitude. What the difference was gratitude. I was thankful. I was so grateful every day. And um, so, so to write those things down and remind yourself, right, to go back and go, wait a minute, you know, because um, otherwise you just life gets so, life gets so busy. There's so many distractions. You forget what are you thankful for? You start to forget what you're even like, what What are you even thankful for? You know, that is incredibly wise. So wise. And, you know, I think it's more than just the practice of it's the being within that gratefulness, not just writing it down, but actually being in that breath, being in that gratitude being in that place, that posture of gratitude, because it's not just an action. It's and oftentimes we live checkbox to checkbox. Okay. I did the morning five. Thanks, Glenn. (laughs) Right. You did that and you did the check and now I can go to the next thing, but it's living every moment of gratitude. It's showing up every time someone's deposited into your spirit and sending them that text message. It's not, just in the morning that you should be treating your body well or practicing journaling or any of those things. It's every day. It's all day. And it's being present in the midst of that. And I think the way that you serve is so unique, um, even though you might feel like other people do it, but you, the way that you said that so boldly 
I'm different than all of those. We do it differently. <laughs> you did that so well. And I know you weren't marketing or doing any tactic. It was just your truth. It was your evidence because you've seen it happen over and over again. And so I am so prayerful that that energy, that Ignite gets across not only our amazing country that we are so blessed to live in, regardless of political strife that we were talking about Amen. earlier. Amen. But to the nation, because that's the nations, because that's what they need to is that Amen. Amen. Well, and I really appreciate this conversation too because you know I'm not perfect by any stretch. I got a long way to go, uh, and 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 I like because uh, this is one of those iron sharpens iron uh, conversations um, where just us talking is is uh, sparking some things. That we, you know, because when iron clashes, there's some sparks. You know, it, there's friction and. Uh, but it's a positive friction. Yes. So. so true. I'm so grateful. How can people get in touch with you other than obviously listening to your incredible show? You know, I will tell you, if you're a job seeker right now, you need to get on the Who You Know mobile app. Ooh, yeah, mobile, mobile app. app. Look at that. Oh, yeah, man. you need to get that Who You Know mobile app. Just go to uh, Android or Apple. Download it. Okay? Get in the community. That's what we're building. It's all about community. Um, or you can go to whoyouknow.show. That's our website. Yep. Um, Connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, we'd love to love to serve you. If you're not seeking employment and you just want to connect with me, um, you know, we we do a lot out there in the community. Maybe you're a, a coach. Maybe you're a recruiter, hiring manager, HR, something like that. And you, you're just you're led by this conversation and you, you want to support it. Come on, connect with me. Let's go. I love that. That's incredible. Um that's incredible. I'm, th- I'm like, wow, that was different than I anticipated you saying. And I'm like so excited to connect you with different people that I already know that I want to connect you with. And this is what's so good about being with people, y'all, like actually being present with people and not just asking them what they do or what they don't do. But who are you? Who's God called you to be? And God's called you to be someone great with a roar, like a lion coming in with tenacity. That was actually the um, adjective that I used to use when you were like, okay, say your name and an adjective. Tenacious Tamara, right here. Mm. (laughs) So good. That used to always be my word. Um, So I I hear you and you're Trevor. So Tenacious Trevor. Oh, yeah, I like that. We out. You guys, (laughs) so good. Get in touch. We'll talk soon. Bye, Bye. Hey y'all, it's me again. I hope in today's episode, you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fitandfaith underscore podcast or me personally at tamra.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. Have you ever attempted to read the entire Bible? 
Did you do it, or did you only make it part way? I'm John Stonge, and I host a podcast that will make it possible for you to make it through the entire Bible, one chapter at a time. I've been hosting the Chapter a Day Audio Bible Podcast since 2015, and every single day of the week, I read one chapter of Scripture, then follow that up with a time of prayer. And if you're looking for daily insights and inspiration directly from God's Word, I hope you'll give the Chapter a Day Audio Bible a listen. You can find it at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.